Welcome to My Father's House podcast, featuring the anointed teaching ministry of Pastor Jose Boveda. Pastor Jose's vision working with the local Metro Police Department, county commissioners, and vendors to the Southeast Las Vegas community has been instrumental in seeing the worst crime areas in the state of Nevada drop 43%. This prompted Christian International to choose My Father's House as Church of the Year in 2018. Hi, I'm Pastor Tony Gandula, and I've enjoyed the mentorship and guidance of Pastor Jose for over 40 years. So get ready, and now you too can be mentored and inspired in your walk with Jesus. I remember Angie. Let me tell you about Angie. She lived in the same apartment complex. She was the star of the apartment complex. Her and her husband. And I remember her mocking me. And see, I could, I could look from my apartment, the front glass, and I could see their apartment and I would pray for them. And in the early morning, I remember being wakened up. I had to get up. At, you know, I was a, back then I was a carpenter. And it was the middle of summertime. I had to be up at the job site. And you start working as soon as you could see. Because you wanted to get off early so you could escape the heat. And there was this banging on my door. I opened the door. Not only... Did Angie think I was a weirdo, but she let everybody else know I was a weirdo? Uh, some people wouldn't speak to me because, you know, if you talk to that guy, he'll just start telling you about, he's a fanatic, he'll just start telling you about Jesus. And I go to talk to somebody and they just, oh yeah, really? Well, I, you know, I, I got to take my, my, my trash out. And it was Angie. She had a tourniquet. And when I looked down at her vein, she said, look, she had a big bubble on her vein. It's called not clearing the needle. Got to make sure the, that the air is out. Well, she was so whacked that she put the heroin inside of her and she ended up getting a big bubble. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, a lot. And she's crying and she said, my God, Jose, why did she come to me? Because I told her and her husband that Jesus loved her. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. 
You have to understand, she was whacked. Now we call it, oh, they're chemically dependent. No, they're whacked. You know, we come up with these beautiful little names. You can put a bow on the devil. You can put a a pretty little fluffy dress on him, and he's still the devil. And I'll never forget that I looked down. And I prayed for her. And right before our eyes, and she took the tourniquet off. She was fine. Not only did the bubble go, but the heroin, I don't know what Jesus did, but it didn't get her high. It didn't do nothing. I don't know what God did. All I can tell you. Oh, the joy of all the suffering I had gone through. She was Jewish. Jesus became her Messiah. I was at uh, this uncouth place called Boulder Choppers. The bourgeois. And Kenny picked up the phone and he started crying. Because somebody had died without Jesus and he was weeping. And I said the fellowship of his sufferings. You know that Jesus doesn't like it when people pass away without receiving him? You know what the Bible says that hell was not made for man, but for the devil and his angels. I don't know if that doesn't make it clear. I don't know what will. Paul said that the world is crucified unto me and I am crucified unto the what? The world. You know what your real cross is? The world. That's a real cross. The world. The world, Paul said, the world is crucified unto me and I'm crucified unto the devil. No, unto the world. That was his cross. He carried the cross. His cross was reaching all of the places that we read about. Second Timothy the last letter that Paul wrote before he was martyred. You know what he said? It, it sounds like he's getting ready to go catch a flight at McCarran Airport. 
I have fought a good fight. Now there lays for me a crown. I love that old Pentecostal song. When this battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. You see that lady over there? All the children are crucified unto her. That's why every Sunday, her and the team go and minister to all those little children. We call it Sidewalk Sunday. The suffering of little children. That's her cross. And it gives her what? Joy. Listen, I don't mind crying. I went through years in my life without crying. I'll never forget. All those tears I've been holding back all those years, they came all at once. It was on the day I got saved. My attack train, my attack train, Doberman Pincher, that was my real bodyguard, didn't know what to do with me. Philippians, we keep on going. We're going from Philippians 3, 9 through 3.15. Next verse. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. You know, what, you, know, you know what Paul just said? If by any means I might obtain of me having a part of the resurrection. Did you understand that? See, we have taken Jesus and we've made up all these Jesuses that's why Paul said, if, a man, if somebody comes preaching to you another Christ. See, but we have the Jesus that, basically we take Jesus, and we make up our own idol, and we say, this is Jesus. See, the one that serves me. Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven no matter what, what I do. Oh, Jesus? Oh, yeah, he's with me. You're going to find out when you get to heaven that Jesus... And, you know, I love the names nowadays. Recreational usage. You're not going to find Jesus snorting a gram when you get to heaven. And he's going to tell you, that was another Jesus. That was your idol that you made. 
That one that hates people, hates other races? Oh, no, that's not me. I died for the whole world. I'm afraid you missed it. We have the yuppie Jesus. We have the Jesus that we build a church. Well, how do we determine where we build a church? Well, we do a survey. We find out how much traffic flows in an area of town. You think I'm kidding you. And then, um, you know, do you know that I, uh, there's a book that's published once a year that you can go to and you can find out the income of any particular area, the average income? And I'm led by this. Oh, the Lord led me to let us to build this church. No, the Lord didn't lead you there. Your own designer, Jesus. Because see, you built a church there because of how much traffic flow. And especially the big factor is the income of that area. Do you know that in this particular book that you can buy, it even tells you how much bread people have consumed in that area? You know when you go by the counter and they click the little numbers? And if you know how much money they spent on groceries and what they bought, then you know their income for sure. See, if you if you got the people buying, if they can afford it, the 80% meat hamburger, and then you got the filet mignon people, you know who's making better money, right? Jesus. This is the real Jesus. The Jesus of the Word. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Guess what? Those two other verses has to be a part of our Jesus. The ones before. Next one. Not as though I have already obtained. Neither were already perfect. But I follow after. I think it's hilarious. That when God. Moses asked God to see his face. For real. Not a burning bush. Not a matter. But we're talking about raw. You know what God showed him? His back. Remember he set him by the cliff of the rock? And he told him, for no man shall see my face. In the flesh like this. But he showed him his what? The Bible says that God put his hand and he cracked it or lifted it. And Moses said, I saw his back. Everybody wants to see Jesus' face. You know what we should really know? His back. Because if you know his back, you know how to follow him. That's what he showed Moses. His back. Show me thy glory. He showed him his back. His back. We need to know his back. I guarantee you, 
praise God, that Jennifer knows Kenny's back. You think Jennifer has to see Kenny's face? She can just look at him and, oh, that's my husband. Joanna can say the same thing. Well, that, that, that's Joe. That's Joe. See, that, the back shows you the depth of how much you know that person. If you can identify them without seeing their face, by seeing their back, you're close. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget it! Stop rehearsing your past. Stop rehearsing your past. It will become your future. You're rehearsing it. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. That for the joy that was said before him, he what? Look at when you're suffering. How you're becoming more like Jesus. How you're going to win people of Jesus. How you're going to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters right here. I want to be a blessing to the people in the church. If you cannot be a blessing to the people in the church, you'll never be a blessing to the people outside the church. Because they're saved already. I know God's working them, but they're saved already. Go deal with some of the people I deal with. You'll be happy to embrace the biggest hypocrite in the church. Reach for what God says you are. See, I'm not what I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. And as long as I'm here, I'm in transaction. I press toward the mark of the price. What price? The price that he paid at the cross. I embrace the price. I suffer with him. But it's because it's going to make me happy. I pressed toward the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be what? Perfect. You know what that word means? Mature. As many of us as are mature, we can handle these verses. What do you mean handle? You let them handle you. I used to think, I used to, you know, I used to think that, that and, and I heard Derek Prince say this, I, I used to think that, that I was reading the Bible. I found out that the Bible was reading me. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, mature. You just read a mature verse. This is meat. 
This is not your blue light special, Jesus. You want to know joy? I used to go to funeral parlors and pray for dead people. I used to sneak, well, you know, they thought I was somebody's relative or something. I used to practice. I didn't even tell my pastor. I thought my pastor said, oh, he's out of his mind. He must be having an LSD flashback. And I prayed and I prayed and I... I really got discouraged at times. Particularly one little girl, seven and a half years old. I prayed for her and she stayed there. I had dreams of taking her to her mama. Never happened. But the Lord sent the prophet. I was all discouraged that, that day and I went to Bible. I drugged myself to Bible. Have you ever made yourself go to church? Yeah. When you're just, I don't, it doesn't work for me. You know. And I dragged myself to church and it was a prophet that used to teach me things. He would travel all over. And I w took one step into the church and there he was. And you know what he said to me? He didn't ha have any idea. You know what he said? He said, you keep on praying for those dead people. God says that one day you're going to see a little girl rise. Now, how did he know that I had just prayed for a little girl? You know, and she'll come up from the, from the dead. And sure enough, my wife will tell you, hallelujah, there was a little girl that was dead. God, you know, God has a lot of gall. He raised her up while the paramedics were there and had pronounced her dead and covered her. She was in an apartment complex from where we were and we prayed there. The mom called up. We prayed for her. The phone rang immediately after we were done praying. And she says, my God, she came back. No brain damage. She had been in the bottom of that pool. 20 minutes. Both paramedics wrote a very peculiar report. <laughs> See, but I suffered. My heart was broken. I had to deal with doubt and unbelief. My heart would be broken every time I would pray for somebody. Especially that little girl. But guess what? You should have seen my... Can you imagine me and my wife, after God had just raised a little girl from the dead, what would we be acting like? We freaked out! Anion! The whole apartment complex. It looked like, it, it, it looked at the Mardi Gras. All right. Now we're not sitting here and playing patty cake, patty cake. I know who I'm standing before. I'm standing be before a people that want Jesus. 
Before I became a pastor, I didn't want to be a pastor. Some people joke about it. I didn't. I didn't want to be a pastor. I had already been with my pastor, helping my pastor, this and that. And I said, I don't want that. I was an evangelist. I was dating the church. But the pastor was married to the church. I knew that. That's a heavy commitment. And I married the church. You know what I told the Lord before I married the church? I know exactly where I married the church. I can tell you to the spot. When God said what he said to me. And I said, oh God. I've prayed I want your will in my life. And here it is. A pastor. Huh, Kenny? And I'm stopping with this. Listen. I told the Lord, Lord, please. I don't want to pastor some dead church like some of the ones that I've been to. Please. You know what the Lord said? Well, that's up to you. If you're dead, they'll be dead. Didn't expect that answer. How many of you guys remember the old comedian Jack Benny, the Jewish guy? That's up to you if you listen to me or not. Thank you for listening to My Father's House podcast. You can listen to more by subscribing to My Father's House Church at Google Play or Apple iTunes. You can donate to help reach our world by visiting us at mfhlv.com and check us out on Facebook at My Father's House Las Vegas and YouTube. Thank you, and may God bless you richly today.